The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passions making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. All right, take your Bibles. Lock and load. Come on. Come on, raise your Bible up and say this guy, I got my Bible. Come on, let me see your Bible or your smartphone or whatever you got. All right, if you don't have one, you can look on with somebody. Come on, say, this is my Bible. Get your own. All right, praise God. First, First Corinthians. Children, thank you so much for worshiping with us. We release you to the, your discipleship classes. Minister Chris, we so appreciate you and your team as you disciple this next generation. Come on, it's not a daycare. It's discipleship. I am going to start a new series tonight, uh, led by the Lord. I'm going to entitle it, Obliterating Your Idols. Obliterated. Everybody say, obliterate your idols. All right, make it personal. Say, I'm going to obliterate my idols. In Jesus' name. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, starting in verse 12. Hold on. Hold on now. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12 through 20. We do have notes for you. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful or beneficial, another version says. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Food for the stomach, stomach for the foods, but God will destroy both of it and them. Now the body is not for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. Verse 14, and God both raised up the Lord and will also raise us up by his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I take the members of Christ and make the members of a harlot? Certainly not. Or a prostitute. Verse 16. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot or a prostitute is one body with her or him? For the two, he says, shall become one flesh. Verse 17. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Flee. Everybody say flee. Flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does outside the body. But he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Verse 19. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Whom you have from God and you are not your own. Come on, say, I'm not my own. Say it, I'm not my own. That's if you're a Christian, you're not. Verse 20. Now, if you're not a Christian, some of you will surrender your life and your body to him tonight. Verse 20. For you were born with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you for what you're going to do. Thank you that you've been working on me and communicating to me and impressing these things on me all afternoon. I pray tonight, even as we start this new series, that tonight you would strike a blow to lust 
and break it off of people, break it off of those who listen online, break it off to all who hear this by podcast. I pray that the effects of this message and even the notes that people take and go preach it and share it with somebody else would have far-reaching effects even to eternity. In the name of Jesus, we command even tonight lust to be broken and obliterated in Jesus' name through the preaching of God's word. And all God's people said, amen. You may be seated. If you read the book of Judges, you'll come to Judges 6 and you hear the historical account of a man by the name of Gideon. Gideon is a favorite of many. Gideon's called by God. He's the least in his family, not unlike David, who's considered the, the, the youngest. He comes from the smallest tribe and he's insignificant in his tribe. And yet God sees him and calls him. He's threshing wheat behind a wine press. He's a coward. He's so afraid of what would happen if he would thresh the wheat in a normal threshing place or a threshing floor because Midian, the enemies of God, had basically put Israel in bondage because of their sin, but also because of a lack of leadership. And God comes to Gideon by the angel of the Lord and says, Gideon, thou mighty man of valor, which is an unusual, uh, an unusual greeting and an unusual title for someone who's terrified hiding behind a wine press, threshing wheat. And he has this conversation with Gideon, and in the course of that conversation, Gideon is called. The first thing, we go through all of that, there's so much there. But the first thing the Lord has Gideon do is go and cut down the Asherah pole in his father's house. And basically he's saying, look, if I'm going to use you, you're going to have to deal with the idols in your family. And I'm telling you tonight... That Christianity is not just some little patty cake club for Jesus. We're not just here because we have a couple goosebumps and wasn't as fun to sing. No, we are here really to bring the kingdom of God in the earth. And the only way that will happen is that God would allow for his power of the Holy Spirit to operate through us and we would choose to cut down the Asherah poles of our life. In fact, even obliterate any idol. Any idol. And it's a prayer that we have. If you come to our morning times of prayer, which is growing, and I'd encourage you, if you're at all able, get your carcass out of bed, get down to the barn on the new property at seven o'clock in the morning. If you're driving to work, you start at five o'clock, we'll just pray on the way to work or something. But if you're able to make it and it's sleep that's keeping you in your bed, wake up and come on down and see God move in power. We pray during that prayer time that God would expose evil in our own hearts. Why would you pray that? Because if there's any in there, we don't want it. And that's really a defi- one of the definitions of holiness that you'd come and say, God, if there's anything in me, Lord, show me that I would repent, that I would, that I would change. And so the idol of lust. Amazing that one to two percent of, the, of uh, the, the entire internet wealth is generated, pardon me, one to two percent of websites, I read this statistic, one to two percent of the websites are, are pornographic or having to do with sexual sexuality and perversion. And yet it fuels most of the internet. I read that. I don't know if that's true, but, it, but it's unbelievable. We live in a time where idolatry is big business. He said, I don't have any idols. Well, let's see. We'll see if you have an idol of lust tonight. As a matter of fact, we're going to take a good look at it, see if we can help some people out. I know it's probably for nobody here. 
Maybe online or those that will listen later. The first commandment, look at your notes with me. The first commandment is you shall have no other gods before me. Everybody say that. You shall have no other gods before me. And we do live in a world where idolatry is big business. It really is. We're in a culture that there's such a ferocity of idolatry and sexuality uh, that you can't, I mean, there's literally you can hardly go anywhere without items being sold through sex, TV, internet, so on and so forth. And if we look at this text tonight, Corinth, this is written to Corinth, it's written by the Apostle Paul under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to the church in Corinth, and it's called an epistle. Epistle is a Greek word for letter, and it's a letter that was sent to the church in Corinth. And this is the first letter that we have here uh, in our Bibles. Second Corinthians is the second letter to the church in Corinth. And here in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul is addressing a problem that they're having. Corinth was a morally corrupt city, so much so that if you would be corrupted, they would say you got Corinthianized. They thought, oh, he's been Corinthianized, meaning he's totally perverted. Some of you might know some people that's been Corinthianized. And what's so sad is that the corruption and the perversion of the city is invading the church. Sounds familiar. It's invading the church. Sexual evil is going on inside the church. And Paul is dealing or arguing with some of their thoughts that they were having that, that basically said, hey, it's no big deal. It's not a problem. And he deals with that in this, these verses that we read. And we really do live in a similar time. We really do live in a similar time. I mean, this just, this chaps my hide, man. This makes me mad right here. I'm, I'm just saying it makes me mad. We have a Bible student that's participating in a local Bible college, and he writes a letter, he writes a, a, an article on same-sex marriage, and he, and he quotes scripture and uses evidence and backs the whole thing up, and I, I don't know the final grade, and I'm certainly not going to point the person out, but the truth is, the, the, the professor from the Bible college said that, listen, most Christians actually believe in same-sex marriage, and, the, and what you read, I just don't believe any of it, I, you know, I mean, you got like a not such a good grade. I don't know what Bible that moron's reading, but it certainly isn't the one I'm reading. It's just really, you call him a moron? Yeah, he's deceived, Corinthianized moron. Yes, that's what I'm calling him. I'd say it to his face. I'd love to have the argument. It makes me mad that you would then infect a whole bunch of people that love God, that are trying to grow in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, go to a school that's somewhat reputable, reputable by most means, I'm, you know, I gotta, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna hunt that thing down. I gotta, I gotta deal with that. I gotta, I gotta stand on that one. I gotta call. I gotta talk to him. I gotta deal with that because it makes me flat out mad. And we have to do something about that. We gotta do something about that kind of stuff. Can you say amen? So this sexual sin is in, in Paul's day is taking over, is, is invading the church. And the same thing is happening now. And God uses the Apostle Paul and his epistle, his letter to the Corinthian church to deal with it. And I'm going to use it to deal with it here. You know, it used to be in my formative years when I was a young lad. When I was a wee lad. We used to watch shows like uh, Father Knows Best. Although even in my time, it was a bit of a rerun. I just think it's more of a 50s thing. But how about the Waltons? Yeah. Good night, John Boy. How many of you remember that? 
And in my house, we used to, my, my brother's name was John. We used to lie down and we would watch that program. And it's not like, I mean, even at Walton's, it was like there was some godly fear there. There were, there was, there was programs that had morality. Now, now they make fathers to be idiots and they make them into like to be these little perverted characters and mothers that are totally insane and the kids run the house. That is what's pushed and pervade throughout the media. That, that, that families are totally dysfunctional. And then they're weaving in the same sex thing and it's been going on for, for decades. Our country wasn't godly by any means, but there was a sense of Christian character about things. It is no longer that way. The same time, the same situation as the Apostle Paul, I believe we're living in. So let's talk about that. How do we deal or how do we obliterate the idol of lust? How do we obliterate the idol of lust? Well, the first thing is you got to deal with the lie. Deal with the lie. James talks about how sin is first conceived in your mind and then it works out in your actions. Got to deal with the lie. Look at, look at verse 9 of chapter 6. Now, we started in 12, but we're going to go ahead and read verse 9. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? And then he goes on to define it. So if you find yourself in this next definition guilty, then don't kid yourself to think that you're actually going to heaven. I'm not going to candy coat it. It's the truth. So let's, let's read it. And, and some of you, you know, if you're feeling convicted, don't, don't run away. Change. Verse 9, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Everybody say it. Don't be deceived. In other words, if somebody tells you something, anything else of what I'm telling you right now, it's deception. He's why I don't like that. I know. But it's truth. You want the truth? Here it is. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. You say, Pastor, you just wiped out the whole church. I know. Praise the Lord. And you know what it says on the next verse? It says that that's what some of you were. Look at, look at the next verse. <laughs> Such were some of you in the King James. Verse 11. But you were washed. You were sanctified. Anybody been washed? You were sanctified. That means to be set apart. But you were justified, just as if you never sinned. Justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, you used to be in that litany of definition of what wicked used to be, but you were washed. You were sanctified. You were cleansed. Come on, the precious, oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. It washed me. you to raise your hand if you find yourself in there or you found yourself in there we don't want to demean anybody but the truth is all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and it's the Lord that cleanses us the Lord that frees us he makes us into new creations in Christ Woo. basically 
he takes in that don't be deceived and he, he basically, what he does is he puts together forms of sexual expression outside of marriage is what he's doing. What? He puts the forms of sexual expression basically outside of marriage. He defines it. Fornication, pornea. That's where we get pornography from. The Greek word is pornea. He said, well, pastor, I go to church. It doesn't matter if you go to church, then you'll be a religious Christian in hell. I mean, you know, you, listen, you'll be a religious person in hell. It doesn't matter if you go to church. You need to go to heaven because you go to church. The devil goes to church, I think. No, really, I'm serious. I mean, the first miracle, one of the first miracles Jesus does is he casts out the devil out of somebody that's in the synagogue. He re- come on, he breaks the devil off of somebody. Cast the devil out in church. And you say, just because you go to church doesn't qualify you to make it to heaven. Hello? What qualifies you to make it to heaven is by believing on the Lord Jesus and repenting of your sin. You say, well, I'm having a hard time. Well, don't stop fighting it. I said, don't stop fighting. Understand that there's a right and there's a wrong. Very clearly, right and wrong is defined by the Lord God Almighty in his word. And it's not an opinion of whether you think it's right or wrong. It's what's right or wrong. So it doesn't matter what the professor says is popular in church. What matters is what God's word says. And there will come in the last days a great falling away. It's called apostasy. The falling away, apostate, the falling away means that they were actually in the way or in Christ at some point, but they turned. And there is coming great deception. Look at two. Sex is made by God for a purpose. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. You look at Genesis 2, verse 24. It says, therefore, a man will leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife. And the two shall be one flesh. It says they were naked, man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. One, the, they will be one flesh. It's actually the physical act is a spiritual one for three reasons. Come on, Children's Church is upstairs. I see we have some kids, so I'll be PG as PG is. And not that I wasn't going to be anything more than PG. Actually, PG-13 is like R now. Jesus, help us. Shock, shock. This is just the the standard. It keeps dropping. Sex is for a purpose. And you can read and find those purposes in Scripture. In Scripture. So one purpose found right there is for oneness. Everybody say oneness. What do you mean? It's got, what do you mean by that? Two shall be one flesh. It's absolutely imperative for a husband and wife to be together in that way, in an intimate way. Why? Because it's part of the plan of God for oneness. It actually brings a covering. It's one of the greatest acts of spiritual warfare that you can do. Come on, give me an amen. Amen. You can't talk about sex in church where you can talk about it. Oh. Another thing is enjoyment. Come on, smile at me. Yeah, yeah, you see that in the Psalms. You see in the Song of Solomon, he talks about it. I mean, yeah, I, just re- I remember reading the Song of Solomon for us like, dude. <laughs> like fawns, come on. 
Jesus. You obviously never read the Song of Solomon if you're not laughing right now. It's a powerful book. And it's actually a picture if you could just, we're so, we've got such perversion. People just pervert it. It's a picture of Christ in the church in the most holy way. In the most holy way. There's so much profound revelation out of the Song of Solomon. And the third way is for children. Look, if everybody goes homosexual, we're going to all die. Yeah, I'm in hell, yes, but, but I mean, you're not going to be able to bring children. What are you laughing at? It's a problem. It's been proven that societies that all go homosexual, men with men, women with women, they cease to exist. <laughs> After a generation, they're no longer around. Uh, all right. <laughs> children. Everybody say children. children. Given that, it's understandable why it's so evil that outside of the covenant of God, it, that it demeans, it demeans human beings. God created it. Why would God give me such drive? Well, I'll tell you why God, first of all, the drive that you have might not be natural. It might be actually demon-infused. Right. It might be demon-empowered. Yes. So you could actually be a, you know, a, a nymphomaniac is, is a demonic spirit of lust. Yeah, yeah. Hello? Okay, so why would God give drive? Why would he give drive? Because what would happen if we were repulsed? What would happen if it wasn't fun and enjoyable? We wouldn't have any kids. You, you wouldn't be drawn to be fruitful and multiply. Great. I think I got an amen over here. Praise God. We better move on. You guys look like you're better to lose your mind. All right. Let's move to the next point before somebody faints. Although we're under grace and not law, our freedom must be exercised in the context of love and not bring us into bondage. He says, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but not all things, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Wow. Food is for the stomach and stomach for the food. Here's what he's saying. It's like a one-way telephone conversation. I've said it so many times before. But you read the epistles, you're hearing one side of the story. So when he's giving an argument and saying what he's saying, it's because that's what they were saying. He's saying, hey. They're saying, hey. The Corinthians say, look, when I'm hungry, I eat. When I'm feeling, you know, I do that too. That's what he's saying. They're saying, I've got organs. We can do it. What's the problem? And he's rebuking them. That's what they're saying. They say, then why would God, why God, what guy would God make us that way? They miss the whole point of covenant. Sex is a beautiful thing under the covenant, under the covering of covenant. Outside of covenant, it'll take you straight to the pit and it'll do more than that. It'll torment you. Oh, we're going to get into it just a little bit here. And you can be brought under bondage. I know people that are in bondage in marriage. In other words, they make it an idol and what they do is they just want to get busy all the time. And if that, could, if that contradicts the, the other spouse... You gotta prefer one another. It ain't about you, dude. Mostly, mostly dudes. All right, four. God is a judge. 
Come on, somebody say Shondai. Shondai. All right, if you've never prayed in tongues, now you have. Very good. Amen? All right, four. God is a judge of how we use our bodies. God created sex. He's created the sex drive to draw men to women, women to men. It's created by him. And it is really a building block for our society. But when you destroy that, and it's without marriage, and it becomes entertainment, like, we, like our country has made it, like the world has made it, then you begin to destroy the family unit, and you begin to destroy mankind. So our bodies are made, look at your notes, our bodies are made for worship, to, to worship the Lord, and not for fornication. That, listen, your body's not made for fornicating, it's made for worship. In fact, the act between a a man and a wife really is an act of worship in many ways. Not of each other, obviously, duh, of the Lord. It is a holy thing. It's holy. It's righteous. It's good. Amen. But outside, bad. Everybody say bad. It's bad. Outside the covenant marriage. It'll destroy you. Now, the body is not for sexual immorality, goes on to say in verse 13, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. Why is your body made? For the Lord. Look at B, our bodies belong to the Lord and God sees them as important, so he's going to resurrect them. That's an interesting thought. I'm glad. I've said it before. My glorified body's totally ripped, just... Anybody else ripped your glorified? You know, we think that's, you know, we think that's good, you know. I don't know. Maybe in heaven we're all just huge. Amen. (laughs) Maybe you're just like, yeah. (laughs) Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. It's so crazy. Used to be voluptuous, used to be the end thing. It's crazy that about 14 people decide the clothes that we wear. You know that. Most of which are gay. Just say it. I mean, I'm wearing jeans tonight. Anybody wearing jeans tonight? These were not in 20 years ago. You know, it was like khakis or whatever. I mean, I don't know. Corduroys. <laughs> How about bell bottoms? Some of you have them tonight. They're coming back in. How about those beaded curtains? How many you remember the beaded curtains? Lava lamps. Those have come back. Raise your hand if you remember the beaded curtain. All right. You're like, the beaded what? Yeah, that's... Black lights. Raise your hand if you remember black. Come on. Ah. Our bodies are important. They belong to the Lord. and, And so much so that he's going to resurrect them. Listen, your body, you get into Hebrew understanding of your physical body, it's, it's, um, it belongs to him, and, and it's a holy thing. That's why Jews never cremated themselves. And you say, well, should I not cremate myself? Cremation is a pagan activity. Okay, I'm not going to get cremated because I just feel strongly about it. But whether you're cremated or not, my father-in-law is cremated. Amen. How many of you know God's got no problem putting a body back together from ashes or whatever? Poof. I don't think it's a, and I don't even know what a glorified body is. I don't think it has anything, any flesh on it. I mean, but it's neither male nor female in heaven. I mean, this is going to be a trip. (laughs) When you commit the sex sin, you break covenant with the Lord. 
I said, when you commit sex sin, you break covenant with the Lord. Your body, look at five, is the temple of God who's purchased by the death of his son. Verse 19, or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who's in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? Come on, everybody say, I'm not my own. Yeah, you're not. Get it through, get it through and into your spirit. You are not your own. You belong to the Lord. If you're saved, if you've given your heart to Jesus, that's the truth of that. So you just can't do whatever you want to. Fornication is a sin against your own body. Not all sins are the same. That's true. Amen. You know, as Christians, you're, well, a sin is a sin. Yeah, we, we throw that out, but it's really not true. Not every sin is, is the same as another sin. Somebody could go and steal a Snickers from the store, get away with it, eat it. He sinned. He stole, right? Okay. Somebody comes in and murders somebody else. That's very different than stealing a Snickers. Okay. And sexual sin is very different than stealing a Snickers too. And the scripture here talks about it. Now, this is going to, I'm, listen, brace yourself. All right, just just hold on. I'm not going to preach much longer because you guys could hardly handle it, I can tell. <laughs> not all sins are the same. It says verse 18, flee sexual immorality. Every sin, sexual immorality, every sin that a man does is outside his body, but he who commits sexual, sexual immorality sins against his own body. Okay. It is, it is a spiritual act that actually takes place in the same way that it physiologically it, it happens. Is exactly what happens in the spirit. So literally, when you have sex with another person, there's an intermingling of, you know, obviously not just biological fluids and things, but an intermingling in the spirit. Are you really uncomfortable now? So here's what most people don't realize. That when you're with somebody, you get a piece of them. And they get a piece of you. And it has been proven psychologically that those who are promiscuous and with many partners frequently have a break in their personality. And many of those that are, uh, 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 what's the, what's the word? Uh, multi-personality, people that have multi-personalities. What's it called? Schizophrenic? Thank you. Many schizophrenics, not all, but many have been shown to be very promiscuous. Isn't that amazing? You can go Google it. Just be careful when you're Googling. Amen. Right? And so they've actually been with many partners. Why? Why are they schizophrenic? There's a lot of people in there. Look at your neighbor and say, isn't this encouraging? I'm going to share some of this with somebody else. Come on, bump your neighbor and say, well, I'm going to preach this to somebody else. He's preaching to somebody else, not me. I'm, I'm going to help someone with this later. So if they've been with five people, there's five people in there. Anybody know what the HPV virus is? Raise your hand if you know what HPV is. Well, you don't hear too much about it. 
You hear about AIDS, right? But you don't hear too much about HPV. It's been proven, I think now it's been a number of years, and I've forgotten what we could call doctor up here and he could tell us, but I've forgotten what it stands for. But thank you very much. Wow. Did you Google that? He's got his phone out or something? What's going on? Uh, HPV is short for, oh, I wrote it. I have it in my notes. Human papillomavitis, P-A-P-I-L-L-O-M-A-V-I-R-U-S. And let me read this to you. This is, this is right out of the um, uh, medical dictionary off the Internet. It's a group of more than 150 viruses. Each HPV virus in this large group is given a uh, number, which is called its HPV type. HPV is named... Well, we'll skip that. HPV is transmitted through intimate skin-to-skin contact. You can get HPV by having... I'm not even going to read that stuff because I don't think... You're already in shock. (laughs) So just use your imagination, but not too much. It's transmitted through sex, okay? All kinds. And it has been shown to be the main cause for uh, cancer, cervical cancer. Wow. 6.2 million cases in America. 6.2 million cases. Wow. Doesn't get much press. You know what the insane answer is? Here's the insane answer in America. Oh, let's, let's not have that. That's a problem. We don't want any cervical cancer. But since people can't abstain from sex, let's just inoculate nine-year-olds. No, that's America. That's, that's what we're doing. And then, and then there's families that, that allow their kids to date and stuff at nine years old and start developing and don't even know where they are. Don't even know where you're 12-year-old. I mean, it's like you just ought to take your hand with exceeding force and hit yourself and wake up. I know nobody here, but maybe online. You don't know where your 12-year-old is? You're a fool. This ain't the 50s. And it wasn't good in the 50s either. 6.2 million, you know, we have an idol of lust and sex in America, and we need to obliterate the thing. You say, let's do it. Yeah, great. It starts in you. <laughs> starts in me. Take a good look and see how you're doing. How's lust in your life? How you doing, sir, with your eye gate? What are you looking at? <laughs> sir, ma'am, what are you looking at? What are you doing? What are you fantasizing about? You know, we, we, have, we have people that they've got problems in their marriage and their, and their you know, their, their sexual problems and there's intimacy problems. The dude's staring at pornography throughout the day. And so he, it's just got this spirit on him. You have to break that thing. Come on, that's what some of you were, but you were washed. Come on, shake your hand like you were washed. You were washed. You were sanctified. You were cleansed. Amen. Justified by the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. All right. Deal with your lust. Here here we go. We're we're trying to land the plane. Helping everybody tonight. Deal with your lust by fleeing fornication. Flee. Flee it. Run. Run. Run away. 
You know what? I will. <laughs> I remember uh, the hotel one, that one, the restaurant one. Okay. So I was uh, newly saved, and I was really hungry for God, and I was battling all this and much more. I was really set on fire by the Lord. It's, it's, it's probably a month before I met Karen. And I had this car that she called La Bamba. It was a 1969 Pontiac Le Mans with a 454. The thing was bad. I mean, it was older, but it could kick, you know? <laughs> and so I'm working at a high-level five-star restaurant, and I was a waiter. And it was New Year's Eve... I don't remember the year, years ago, New Year's Eve, and my station's filled, and I'm getting tipped like crazy, I'm making hundreds of dollars, it's just going off, I mean, it's just a waiter's dream, anybody ever work in restaurants, so I, it's like, oh yeah, you know, all the monies are coming in, and the champagne is flowing, people starting to celebrate, well, what ends up happening, this is right before New Year's, but it's probably 11, 11 o'clock, 11.15. I've still got a packed, a packed tables. And all of the drugs start coming out. And I have these waitresses that are starting to, um, well, they're starting to, you know, proposition me. And it's getting, it's getting ugly. And I'm, I'm getting tempted. It's before I was married. Come on, somebody say Amen. amen. And I'm losing it. Now, some of you know where I came out of. So I'm starting to feel the draw of all that. I just want to party like it's 1999. And I can feel it. It's just starting to grip me. And I know I'm going to backslide. I mean, I know that I know that I know I'm going to backslide. I'm in my waiter station. I start trembling. I see the girl coming who I thought was fine and all the drugs and the alcohol and everything. I'm like, ah, ah. And I just hear the Lord say, run. <laughs> Dude, I took off out of that dining room. I ran through the kitchen, people trying to stop me. Hey, what's the matter? It was like there might have been a fire. I ran, blasted. I didn't say goodbye to anybody. I didn't punch the clock. I didn't finish my tables. I left all my dishes, all the orders that were still up. I abandoned everything. Totally, totally wrong of me. Amen. Not a very Christian move in that regard. Ran all the way out across the uh, across the parking lots, all the way to my car. Got to my car, opened my car, got in my 1969 Pontiac with a 454 in it. Backed that thing up and did four-wheel drifts through all the turns all the way home of some of you know why, Leah. I was just going through all those turns, raced all the way home, broke the speed limit, almost crashed a number of times, came sliding up into my driveway, got out, threw it in park, got out of the car, slammed the door, was like, yes! Come on. I mean, I, I, I thanked God and I worshiped and I was just like, I did it, I did it, I did it, I did it, God, I did it! I overcame, I, that's fleeing. Yes. I got fired, too. <laughs> I got fired. I lost my job. I'll never forget the French guy talking to me at the post office. You have never worked for the, for the Hilton ever again, or whatever he said. It's like, I'm like, I don't, sorry. You know, I didn't feel like much of a Christian, but I didn't backslide. Look, some of you need to run. 
Some of you need to get away from it. Get away from this stuff. Turn the internet off. Put your, get a flip phone for God's sake. Do whatever you got to do. It's not worth going to hell over. It's not worth losing out with God. Destroying your marriage. Come on, somebody say amen. Be careful of your environment. I think we just covered that. Build a fence around your life. Build a fence around your life. Do you have a fence around your life? Who are you accountable to? Who holds your shut-up card? My wife holds mine, and a number of other people hold it too. Meaning that when if I'm going to do something that maybe is questionable and I'm not catching myself, I've got nets. I've got systems in place. That's what a man of God does. That's what a woman of God does. I'll never be accused. You will never hear of your pastor ever being accused of any sexual immorality. It will not happen. Why? Because I never put myself in a position ever. I don't care who it is, how much I trust them. There's one exception. Maybe there's two. Maybe two. We have a rule that we never ride with a, people of the opposite sex. In other words, I'm not going to ride with another woman in my car, me and them, except my wife. That would be an exception. My daughter, my mother. And I remember a number of years ago, Pastor Anna is our senior associate. She's coming up. <laughs> And uh, we were getting in the car. I mean, it's, 20, it's 15 years ago. We're getting, I'm getting in her car. We're going to a funeral. And she's going to drive. She said, I'm going to drive. I said, okay. I'm getting up to the car. I'm like, i got a commitment to my wife. I can't ride with another woman in the car. Oh, God. I mean, you know, it just comes to that tension point where it's going to be really uncomfortable, but you're going to have to do what you said, right? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay, so we get into the car. She's about to get, she goes, go ahead and get in. I said, Pastor Ann. Um, by the way, she's like 70-something. Right. I said, Pastor Ann, I, uh, I, I can't uh, ride with you. She says, why not? I said, I made an agreement with my wife that we can't ride. She said, get in the car. Get in the car. <laughs> I got in the car. <laughs> and, uh, yes, ma'am. Yes, get in the car. <laughs> Be careful of your environment. Build a fence around your life. Have protective measures in place. Listen, I know if people have gotten flip phones. And just if you see some of the flip phone, don't you think, don't, don't, you, don't you look down your nose at them. Come on. Think, oh, oh, they've got a flip phone. <laughs> Hi, Brother Corinthian. No, that, that's, that's not what you do. <laughs> repent. Everybody say repent. <laughs> Flee fornication. You watch your environment, build a fence around your life. Number three, Repent. Everybody say, repent. Repent. That means turn. Do another way. Think differently. Every time you say no to lust, you get stronger. Every time you fight it, you get stronger. Every time you yield to it, you get weaker. Fight. 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 Obliterate the idol of lust. Amen. A tried Christian is a crowned one. I said a tried Christian is one who is a crowned Christian. James says this, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood to test, that person will receive a crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. You will stand before the judgment seat of Christ and so will I. And it's not a judgment under condemnation, that means hell, but it's a judgment suffering loss or receiving rewards. 
And that makes every moment of your life count. That makes every minute of the day mean something. It means something when you look down, when you look away, when you, when you do the right thing. It means something. And, and he'll actually reward you for saying yes to him and fighting your flesh. And it is hard in this day and hour. It is because it's just everywhere. The whole world seems to be Corinthianized. Father, help us. For keep in mind that, the, that marriage is honorable. Uh, Hebrews 13, 4. The ma- marriage is honorable among all and the bed undefiled. But fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. Listen, now I'm aware that because of our world and the choices that some of you have made, that it, that it might be difficult. It might be difficult in this area. But you set it up so you can win. I tell you as one who's been brought back from the dead, that you can win. I live a holy life. And I've got, but I will, I will just also say, that, and I think it's because, and this is for some of you that had every door open that there could be opened. Okay, some of you, you know, you're raised in a Christian home and you're married as a virgin, which is the way it should be. And others of us, well, that didn't happen that way. I had just about every single door open to the enemy that there was. So when I came to Jesus, I had to start shutting those things. And I'm so thankful that he wholesale defeated the enemy, but I had to enforce it. Come on, you have to appropriate the grace of God. You, I have to say no myself to that thing. I, I, I have to watch my eye gate maybe more than the average person. Does that make you deficient? I, actually, I'm stoked. I have a very short leash. Um, and and I, I don't want to violate the relationship I have with the Lord. What I have... I'm sorry. <laughs> I just so messed myself up. <laughs> In a good way. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> What I, what I have with them, and some of you can say this, many of you can say the same thing. What I have with them, there is no way that I would ever trade that for anything else. You'd have to shoot me first because that would just be a reward, really. Why, 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 I, why would I ever cut off? We had a time today in my house. We had, my whole staff was over the house. We started worshiping and praying. I don't know how we prayed for a couple hours or something. Man, the power of God, glory of God came down in my house. I'm thinking, why would you, what? Why would you ever trade that? Maybe because you've never tasted it. That could be true. I've had to shut those doors and keep them shut. Amen. And I've found that some, when the enemy comes to attack me, I'll tell you how it happens. When the enemy comes to hit me now, it's usually because I'm not prayed up enough. I mean, I've not spent time in his presence. And that's what I really mean by prayer. I don't mean just I'm talking to God all the time. There's a, there's a flow of communication and abiding. And I've gotten so busy. I've gotten so marthed that I'm just working. I'm talking ministry and doing stuff and getting after it and doing what we got to do that I start getting dry spiritually. That happens. And then I get tired. I'll get overtired. And then I get overtired. And then sort of a combination of things happens in marriage where there's just some pressure and then maybe the kids are freaking out a little bit. And you get the combination. Then maybe I've got a financial difficulty or pressure financially. And that is like a perfect storm where at that point, I better wake up because the enemy starts trying to 
come in and come in back doors and do certain things. And, and when I realize it, I go, ooh, and then I, I fast, I pray, I get some rest, I do what I need to do, and I get back in the presence of God. I get refreshed. I take authority over the enemy, and I slam them off my family. I, you you got to be aggressive in your walk with God. Don't just think it's just going to skip, you know, skip through your walk with Jesus and it's all going to be good. Man, you have to train yourself for war. The psalmist said he's trained my hands for war and you got to take the word of God and just start taking stuff out. You got to fight. If you just think you're going to win, you're not going to win. Come on, the kingdom of heaven suffers. I'm preaching better than your amen and the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by take it by what there is a principle of spiritual violence and you got to get it all in you you got to get it you got to get a hold of it you got to not tolerate stuff you got to take the heads off you got to obliterate your idols you got to deal aggressively with lust you have to deal with it or you'll go to hell with that thing you have to be so strong i'm seeing people's lives destroyed i sit on the other side of my desk on the other side of my phone trying to help people or if they just heard things that were preached from this very pulpit. It's not the first time I've preached this. You ought to read your own Bible and get your own messages about taking idols apart. Come on, it's worth it. He's worthy. And there's something that's much better than any reward that sin could ever offer. Oh, the presence of God, the glory of God, and the crown that you'll receive when you enter into his reward that he has for you. And he's in you here. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. It's worthy. This is, he's worthy. It's just a blink. It's just a moment. It's a brief vapor and your life's over. Man, it was just the other day I was 20 with hair. I wonder if I get hair in the spirit later. Come on, Jesus. Many of you have been through battles and you've had previous marriages have been divorced or had your spouse commit adultery on you. You've had to start afresh. I didn't have this teaching before I knew the Lord and I didn't get it right after I got saved either. But I'll tell you what God can restore. I've seen him do it for thousands of people. He'll restore your purity. He'll restore your very virginity. Listen, sex is a covenant act. It's a blood covenant. And that's all I'll say about that. That's how that's supposed to be. You teach your daughters to stay virgins. You teach your sons to stay virgin. That they would marry. So what if I've blown it? Well, praise God for his healing power and grace and redemption. Can somebody say amen? That's what some of you were, but you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified by the Lord Jesus Christ. I am a new creation. I, I don't even call, I don't call myself a drug addict or an alcoholic. I don't call myself an idolater. I don't name my, I don't put those names on me because that's not who I am. I I knew I who I am. I'm a man of God. I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. It's greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I'm not the old guy. I've been washed. I've been cleansed. I've been redeemed. Oh, by the blood of the lamb. Anybody else? Can you say amen? You start declaring what you are. All of that stuff is sin. I don't believe in a, I believe in a sin model, not a disease model. People that have cancer after they get healed of cancer, they don't have cancer anymore. I also will never do any of those other things ever again. Why would I? 
I'm a new creation. Any other new creations in here? Oh, we got to close. Would you come, brother psalmist? Let me say this. Um, If you are committing uh, fornication or adultery, stop. And if you're with somebody and you're dating someone and you're in sin, stop it or get married. Now, let me say this about that. In most cases, couples that are together that are fornicating, they call it sexually active. I don't, I don't like calling it that because it's just sodomite sounds better. It's just, you know, that's, that's different. But fornication. Fornication is when you're, when you're committing the sexual act outside of marriage. Adultery is when you commit the sexual act with somebody else other than the one you've said, I do forever and ever till death do us part. That's the adultery. Two couples that are together and they're living together or they're sleeping together, it's wrong and you'll end up in hell. I don't care how many times you've prayed the sinner's prayer. If you're still doing that, then you're practicing that, then that's not repentance, right? So sad to say. Either stop it or get married. Now here's the thing. Most oftentimes I've found that it's better for the couple to not get married. And the reason is because when two come together like that, there's usually so much manipulation and and intertwined things that they need to get healed from and learn about what really life is. How how to really live life and life abundant. Learn how to control their physical body. I mean, you're not an animal, all right? You're not a dog. Dogs don't know how to do that. Rabbits, they don't know how to do that. You, however, are not a rabbit or a dog. You're made in the very image of God. We're made in God's image. And we have what's called a free will. And he gives us the Holy Spirit to resist sin and to be a witness and to to live the life and life abundant. So you can control yourself. Hello? But there are on occasions uh, couples that have been together like that. And and they've worked it out. And it can work out and be healthy. But mostly... My recommendation is stop it, break up, live for God, control yourself. Come on. Ladies, you get a husband that you get a man that can't control himself. What makes you think he'll control himself 15 years from now when everything changes and he wants to trade you in for a newer version because he's got such a lust problem? Praise the Lord. I'm going to encourage myself. We'll be right back. Praise God, Pastor. That's a wonderful word. Oh, hallelujah. I feel warm all over. God has touched me. Oh, praise God. Lastly, last point, we're done. I'll let you go. Be prepared for a lifetime battle. What? You mean it's never over? It's over when it's over. Be prepared to battle for a lifetime. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. I used to be part of a gym. But there was a season where I got so defiled all the time at the gym that I thought, I just don't need this. I might join a gym again, but, but right now I don't have that. And some of you are part of have gym memberships. Wonderful. Praise God. But if you're getting defiled there and, and it's, it's messing with you, work out at home. I mean, do whatever you got to do. Your life is worth it. He's worth it. He purchased you. He bought you. He owns you. Can you say Amen. Obliterate 
the idol of lust. Stand up on your feet all across this place. I'm not, no. Gonna submit to you and your lordship. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not gonna be held in bondage by my flesh. No, I'm not, no. No, no. I'm gonna choose you. I'm gonna choose you. I'm gonna choose to live for you. Lord, every member of my body, my voice, my hands, my feet, my mind, I'm going to worship you, worship you, worship you, worship you, I'm going to worship you, worship you, worship you, Lord. I smash the idol of lust. I, I smash the idol of lust. I smash the idol of lust. In my family, in my home, I smash, I smash the eye. Come on, say it. I smash the Come on. I smash the love in my home, in my home, in my family. I smash the You gotta go right now in Jesus' name. Pornography, go Jesus' name. too good it makes me wonder do I need to come back and cast the devil off of somebody come on come on lift your voice come on lift your voice come on don't be bound by things come on oh thank you Jesus I smash I smash the idol in our community tonight we smash the idol oh in our nation I smash the idol in Jesus name have some guts to answer it but you know if you want to get free then you really don't care and I've learned this about about sin if I embarrass it it just runs that much faster away so tonight no matter who you are what station of life if you're at home you can answer it I can not see your hand but you can you can answer it or you're here in the sanctuary and you're struggling with lust struggling with lust you want to be free maybe you're struggling with pornography I love throwing this in because it makes it easier you want to stand in for somebody that maybe is struggling with lust or pornography and we don't ever want to bring come on that's some good honesty that's holiness when you run to the light 
Anyone, you feel like you're struggling with that? Maybe you struggle with it in the past. You feel like it's coming back on you. You want to get free from it. Just come. Just come right now all across this place. Come on, going to get free. Somebody going to get free. Somebody get free. Yeah. place. Don't leave this place without being reconciled, without being washed, without being cleansed, without being justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have all messed up, but God gives new life. God will heal you. God will help you. God will set you free. His power is bigger than whatever your struggle is. He's he's able to do it, but you've got to submit to God. Resist the devil, and he will go. He will flee. That's 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 the battle of the flesh. The rest of your life's not over until it's over. Come on. If you've never given your heart to Jesus, you want to give your heart to Jesus tonight for the first time, or maybe you need to recommit because you know you drifted. No matter what category you might be in, give your heart to him right now. Repeat after me. Say, Dear Jesus, forgive me. For all of my sins and come into my heart be my Lord be my Savior I believe that you died on a cross for me and I believe that you rose from the grave for me thank you for loving me thank you for writing my name in the Lamb's book of life give me a hunger for your word a hunger for the things of God fill me with your spirit 
Come on, lift your hands to heaven. Let him fill you right now. That's it. Come on, just let those sounds and syllables out. Be filled. You need the power of the Holy Ghost. He'll give you a prayer language. He'll pray through you. It's not in your mind. It's not of your intellect, but out of your belly, out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. Let Him fill you right now. I will tell you one of the number one ways God has given me victory is I pray in tongues a whole lot. All day. I'm praying in tongues most of the day. Under my breath, I'm praying in the Holy Ghost. When I'm by myself, I'm praying in the Spirit. When I'm in my prayer time, I pray in the Holy Ghost. The Bible says in the book of Jude, build, your, build, build up your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Spirit. There is power that's released when you pray in the Holy Ghost. You say, I don't understand. I know I don't understand it either, but I'm just telling you it's true. It's praying the perfect will of God. I probably, it's probably due high time for me to preach on that again, and so I will. I'll preach on it real soon. We need to be baptized. We need to be filled with the Spirit. Don't try to be some carnal Christian to white knuckle through your difficulties. You need the fire. You need the power. He said, well, really? Yeah, that's what's different. That's what you feel that's different in here. Now, that church's different. You know what's different? It's the Holy Ghost. That's what's different. What's different is the power of the Spirit you sense and you feel. He said, it's different than, than other places I've been. I know. I'm not saying that every church doesn't have the, uh, that the Spirit of God is moving in every church. I think the Holy Spirit's moving across the earth. He's, he's, he's in every church as long as they're preaching the gospel, as long as they don't tear down the Godhead. It's not a cult. I believe that. But we believe in the fullness of the power of God. I'm thankful for the seeker-friendly church. Praise God. Because we just freak some people out. But I'm going to just tell you, that's how God wired us up. That's the call of what he called us to be, a church that is not ashamed of the power of the Holy Spirit that flows in the gifts of the Spirit. And I'm just, I, I, I didn't get saved by four shots and a mocha, you know. Money gets saved because they had a cool cafe or even a nice program. I got impacted by the power of heaven. I've never been the same. And that's who we are. That's that's who we are. Unashamed. <laughs> Come on, lift your hand. The service is almost over. Woo! And you shall be endued with power. Not many days from now. And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. These signs will follow them that believe. They'll pray with new tongues. They'll lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. And nothing by any means will harm them.
Come on, get out of your carnal mind. Turn your brain off for just a second. There's a time to study. This is not that time. Come on, just receive like a sponge being dropped, a dry sponge being dropped in water. Come on, let the Holy Spirit touch you. I know there's something that's been missing in my Christian walk. Yeah, that's probably it. You need the Holy Spirit. Fill. Touch. Break every bondage, every chain. Lust, we command you to be broken off our lives. Off our homes, our family, and our community. Be filled. We would hold out the word of truth and a crooked and a depraved generation shine like stars in the firmament. Those that know their God will do great exploits in these last days. I'm looking to and fro. I'm assembling, I'm gathering, I'm calling an army unto myself, says the Lord. Will you answer? It's an army that's not a mic-mash of ideas, composite of Babylon and idolatry. It's a holy nation, precious people, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, assembled for this end time to manifest my power and my presence to a lost and a dying world. Rise in this hour. Awaken in this hour. Set yourself like a flint towards the purposes of my spirit. Flee from immorality, idolatry. I will fill you and I will use you. For my eyes go to and fro looking for a man whose heart is steadfast towards me that I might strengthen them. Put on the new man. Make no provision for the flesh, the lust thereof. Put on the new man. Walk in newness of life, forgetting that which lies behind and pressing on to the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. As a new creature, a new creation, a new man. Answer my call. Come out from among them. Come out from among them and be ye separate. For at my right hand there's pleasures forevermore, far exceeding anything you've ever experienced. I give them freely to those who walk in holiness and truth and righteousness and justice. I've given you access. I've given you privilege. I've given you my blood. I've given you my word. I've made a way for you. Even a highway of holiness. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody say amen. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful Jesus. Put your hands together for him. Won't you? Won't you take someone by the hand tonight? Let's close in prayer. God, we thank you for the freedom that's found only in you. It's not psychology or 
You're the only one that can take out the heart of stone and put in the heart of flesh. God, I'm asking that you would bless your people. You cause your face to shine upon them. You lift up your countenance towards us, oh God. You be gracious to us. Keep us. And give us peace. Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's life call and help us to be the personal, powerful, and permeating church God's called us to be. Get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065, 907-357-2065, or online at kcalaska.com, kcalaska.com. Friend us on Facebook and follow Pastor Daniel's tweets at Alaska Revival.